Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week, we are joined by a very special guest, Christine Kupo, and we'll also be discussing marketing for lower league soccer, Queensboro FC branding, and high fashion uh, and soccer collapse. Uh, Christine, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Nah, we're oh, doing well. good. Yeah. <laughs> have you. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell us about yourself because, you know, Elle told me you were going to be a guest on this show. Uh, so I did my research and then I was asking a couple of my homeboys and they were like, yo, you don't know who Christine is? You don't know who Christine is? I was like, <laughs> she's like. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a myth at this point. A little bit of a legend um, in my own right. So um I don't know. There's a running joke now that I know everybody or everybody knows me at which point I'm totally okay with either. Um, super into making friends, especially in and around soccer fields or pitches, depending upon who wants to argue with me at this moment. Um, but uh, I have been organizing pickup and league soccer uh, for about the last 10 years around New York city. So most of my friends and most of the people that know me are either from playing with me or playing adjacent and other soccer things. Um, my nine to five is, is not soccer for the most part, um, kind of started dabbling in freelancing, which has been sort of fun, um, in that respect, but I've always worked within, uh, sort of a consulting or a marketing capacity, largely for financial services. So, um, that's sort of my real quick and dirty of who I am. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So quick question, because I used to, uh, get into battles with like the New York pickup crew. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, all those guys that play pick up Highly unbiased, <laughs> unbiased opinion outside of New York, which area has the best pickup soccer outside of New York outside or inside of New York? Inside New York. Yeah, that's a great that's an even better question. <laughs> you cut out for a second. So is that inside oh, or outside? We're going yeah, forward? inside. Inside New York. Inside sorry. New York. Um, I feel like. Um, I mean, I'd like to say Manhattan, but that's an absolute lie. Um, I think the livest pickup probably belongs in Brooklyn, Brooklyn for sure. Okay. Um, I've played a lot there. I lived there for many, many years, um, but I feel like um, Brooklyn's kind of got it on lock right now. There's always soccer happening everywhere. I feel like mm. if there's um, sort of like blind spots it's probably further north where okay. it's a little bit tougher but i get a lot of dms regularly about like hey where can i play you know i'm going to be in town for a week or whatever which has gotten a lot more challenging to answer given we're in the midst of a pandemic but yeah. um i think that brooklyn is pretty solidly popping off the soccer pickup and it's a good time that's amazing what's the one on the like the rooftop where you guys play so there are a few up on the rooftops now. Okay. Um, so there's soccer roof out there. Um, and then uh, what's the name of the other one? Yeah. They're starting to realize that we really like playing uh, in New York nowadays. So everyone's <laughs> kind of creating rooftops or indoors or yeah. um, scenarios in which you can play in. But yeah, I think soccer roof is probably the big name right now, at least in Brooklyn out. Um rooftops and indoors and, and things like that. You can also play upper 90 uh, rooftop in Astoria, like a okay. more small side yeah. futsal, mm -hmm. um, which is a good time. Um, although I, me and futsal are not really on great terms because somehow it always devolves into like these weird, like 
hockey checks and whatnot. And I don't back down. <laughs> Neither do they, coincidentally. So I end up limping off field. But um, yeah. No, that's amazing. I feel like I could talk pickup all day. Like, so you have like any crazy like pickup stories? You talked about being like hockey check. Any pickup soccer like like fights? I know it gets intense in New York. Um, like, what are the rules? Is it like Fight Club where you can't talk about the rules or? No, I'm I'm more than willing to willing to divulge. But um, so for me, uh, yeah, I I when I first started organizing, there were a lot of other women that were in the group that would come out regularly. So. Um, we were more evenly represented compared to the guys, but as it sort of went on, it dwindled and the joke started to become, I'm the only thing that keeps it co-ed. Um, so be me playing with a bunch of dudes, which is interesting in that, yes, like fights would break out and, you know, you try to break them up and dudes get hot so fast, (laughs) right? Over the silliest things, right? Um, and it kind of worked in my favor because on top of me trying to break it up, it's like, now you look really stupid and I'm probably calling you out for it as you're doing it amongst <laughs> other guys. Like the other, like the plus side of that is like, I also play in a women's league and I feel like women take it a lot more personally. Like, so I started to play a lot more aggressively because I had just been playing with men for so long and com- like comparative sizing wise, like, Mm-hmm. I mean, like, okay, fine, like, I'll drop a shoulder, no big deal. And, like, nothing's really going to come of it. But, like, women's league, you forget. And then it's like, now this is personal. Like, I'm coming after you. You you found me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's one challenge is certainly fighting. But uh, I feel like men tend to forget as soon as it happens. It's sort yeah. of like, a, oh, okay, like, I got it out of my system now. I still kind of don't like you. But, like, let's just keep playing. Whereas, um alternately like you end up with like a full-on like field vendetta running for like 90 minutes or whatever i see so so with you like you you say you work in marketing um sorry financial services in the marketing space but when you made that first um pickup game or organized that first event was it like a spur of the moment or you grew up like loving soccer uh no i i started playing when i was four Um, so I played organized like the whole school and club and whatever through youth until high school. And then, um, when I went to college, I had to work my way through. So I was like, well, I don't have the time to play anymore. So, um, as soon as I got done with undergrad, I went back to playing. Um, and that's sort of when I started figuring out like, oh, there's these like pickup leagues. You can just kind of show up, um, sign up and it's not really a commitment, but also like, it's a little bit nerve wracking to go from not having really played for a few years after knowing, I always tried to, and I think this is probably a common denominator for anyone that's ever played for any length of time is you, your brain remembers the things that you want to do. And you have kind of these like reflexes, but your body and your muscles don't (laughs) necessarily, right? So um, I had this issue too, uh, after I had knee surgery and I was out for almost a year, but coming back, you're so ambitious and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like as soon as you see the ball go, you're like a dog. You're like, yeah. all right, I know what I want to do. And then all of a sudden you're like, what is my <laughs> body? Do- no, yeah. why are you, you know, kind of <laughs> trying like to get back into it. Oh, it's so demoralizing. You're like, why, why would you do this to me? How dare you betray me limbs? Like, let's, let's get it together and get it out there. But, um, yeah, I think that was my primary concern coming back was, you know, like, can, do I even know how to play anymore? Like, am I just going to show up and be trash and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, let her hear. 
Um, and then I kind of just like eased back into it and ended up being sort of a fixture every week at this one pickup. And eventually it evolved into me co-organizing that pickup group and it swelled to like 10,000 members or something like that. And, um, just kind of kept rolling with it. And when they decided to go full on league, I was hesitant to, I was like, yeah, good for you. Like get, get that league together, you know, like definitely do co-ed, do a men's league, like knock yourself out, like seven V seven, nine V nines. All right. Um, and had no intention of really playing in a league only because the times I had subbed already in leagues that already existed, I felt like everybody's aggression levels and like competition just like goes through the roof. And I'm, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not breaking a leg this way. Like this isn't how I'm going out. <laughs> and sure enough, like I got lulled in, like it was like, Hey, you, uh, what are you doing lady? You want to maybe come sub or we're short a female player. And I went the one day and this is no joke. I went in to play an 11 AM game for one team in the summer and ended up, playing three consecutive games after that and they kept calling me and being like hey can you come back and finally I became part of that team so my pickup well my league team ended up being this team called fun facts which started as a um a free agent team which anyone that's ever played on like a league and joined as a free agent that's usually like a hellscape nightmare because you got like the person that thinks they're like out there like we're not doing everything and they're like cool bro you can do a step over i don't know what to do for you um and then you have people that are actually really really good um and then there's like the in-between people which i think i'm probably clumped in there somewhere um but uh i ended up really really getting along with these people and kind of the people that weren't really comfortable kind of self-eliminated and we ended up playing together for like the last seven eight years um amazing yeah and i kind of asked when i joined because i was sort of in the beginning but not like how it all, you know, like, why are we the fun facts, which was something that everyone would always ask, like fun facts FC, that's such a weird name. Um, And it was because that first team was all free agents and they didn't know each other. So they kind of were like, so what's your fun fact? Who are you? What's your, what's your deal? Um, And uh, so anybody that joined after that point, like had to come in with a fun fact and be like, so what's your fun fact about yourself? And so um, what was your fun fact when you went to the team? My fun fact, I feel like nobody would ever guess, but especially anyone that really knows my personality. So my fun fact is that I was a Miss New Jersey pageant dropout. <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's a pretty good fun fact. I know. I was like, yeah, that's that's me. And they're like, okay, like we never saw that one coming. I'm like, you know, to be fair, nor did I. I kind of just applied and said, you know, I could use scholarship money for college. Why not? And then got accepted and was like, oh, you mean I got I have to follow through on this? What What do you mean? <laughs> and they send you this like contract and it looks like a phone book. And it's like your fundraising responsibilities, sponsorship. Resp- and I was like, oh, oh, this is way serious. I was not like the like wave. And granted, I did the whole gamut as a kid, like dancing school and like whatever. Um, my mom really was the driver for those. But soccer was the thing that stuck. So like, what was I going to do for my talent? Like get up there and juggle? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do that. Yeah, speaking uh, of fundraising, um, <laughs> speaking of fundraising, you've been raising a lot of money on Twitter lately. So what kind of inspired that? I have been actually. Um, um, I feel like I always tend to look out sort of for the underdogs, um, especially anybody in need causes that are near and dear to me. Um, and so more recently, um, 
not many people were talking about it on Twitter. And so I got some messages back that were kind of very big question marks about like, hey, like, what what is this or why or how? But so more recently, I had been pushing uh, fundraising for in favor of Armenian humanitarian efforts, um, focusing on Artsakh and that current um, conflict over there, um, as well as the rebuilding of a hospital in Lebanon um, due to the explosion that occurred in Beirut. So um, those were sort of my two big ones um, more recently. Nice. Nice. That's really cool. That's yeah. really admirable. The response is actually always really um, reassuring. Um, it Just to see everybody within, and I'd say that largely like the community that I engage with is the soccer bubble, um, how big hearted everyone is, um, how much we all look out for each other, um, whether it be, you know, large scale things like um, aid for Armenia or it be like individuals that um are looking for funding to help um with cancer treatments and things like that just um the overwhelming response consistently you know irrespective of how much or how far you can actually push a thing um amplify amplifying voices sometimes is the key um obviously we all went through uh, significant fundraising for bail bail funds and otherwise focusing for black lives matter which is going to be a movement that continues for quite some time if we expect to see any sort of actual change um so i think that the drivers there are just like stay charismatic sometimes you have to get creative um, i joke a lot about very serious topics but um i found that you don't always have to be super serious to get um the very serious points across people do still appreciate the laugh um are more willing to contribute are willing to have an exchange and sort of tell you their stories um I got a lot of stories just in my DMs when I was sort of joking around, like, hey, like, at least I didn't have to offer up nudes to help everybody in Armenia, you know, <laughs> like, um, trying to hang on to that for my future children's college fund, but, um, like, make jokes and jest, right? But then I got some of the most heartfelt DMs and stories about, like, oh, some of my best friends are Armenian or, you know, I'm Armenian and I really appreciate that you kind of pushed this up and bumped it. Um, and for me, like, I'm just any other person on the internet, right? Like, but I do feel like in my daily life, I try to do as much good as possibly can be done. Yeah, yeah that's very admirable. Definitely um, a good look. You know, and since you're not Armenian, but you are Italian. No, I'm Italian. And the thing yeah. is like, we all take our turn, right? Like everybody's impacted yeah. eventually. We're all human. Um, and if you can't see the contrast between right and wrong or good and bad um and especially in 2020 um we probably have larger things to worry about right i mean yeah. we can all throw our weight behind causes but essentially they're all human causes right we're helping each other yep so how has your italian heritage kind of inspired your love for the game like i'm pretty sure it's in your blood <laughs> I, I I would suggest it is, yeah, although I have a very uh, unathletic mother who considers uh, bowling her primary sport, so um, <laughs> my dad really got his way here. Um, I'd say um, I come from a very athletic family, um, largely the men, so they were always really interested in everything. I'm talking um, American football and basketball and hockey and and so I think that just that environment and like the level of competitiveness that I grew up in, um, soccer became my thing. 
right? Like I was like, this is mine. Um, I feel like I still kind of had that reaction when I speak to people. Um, and I'm not trying to be like that gatekeeping fan, right? Like I'm more than happy to continue my, like, please love my sport campaign for the rest of my life. Um, but um, it's something that became part of me. So I'm like, it's I'm as much in love with soccer as it's part of my identity at this point. Um, so I don't know if that comes through in the genetics or if that was just uh, a very wise choice on my part um, as someone <laughs> that was trying to pick and choose like, hey, where, where do I want to run with this? Yeah, so one, one question we like to ask on the show is when did you fall in love with soccer since soccer is like your thing? So at, at what point, <laughs> like what age, like when did you fall in love? When did the love affair start? Um, I was asked this recently too. So uh, my first game, I was four, and I remember it. It's one of my first very, very vivid memories. And my dad had taken me, again, I think because I was the firstborn, and it was just sort of a, like, hey, what, what do I do with her? Whereas my mom had already signed me up, you know, tap, jazz, ballet, um, mm -hmm. swimming, flipping, gymnastics. Like, I did it all. I just didn't love it the same way. Um, and I think that part of it was intertwined with sort of my relationship with my dad. So it gave us our own language that we spoke in. Um, but my first game when I was four um, got put on the field and we all know that experience, I think. I don't think that that's unique and that, you know, the ball happens and so does the cluster of children, like you yeah. know, bees on a hive and you just chase it everywhere. Um, my father, I don't know if he thought I was going to be some sort of sport athletic prodigy, but had pulled me off the field and was trying to, in hindsight, now, as I got older, I realized what he was telling me, but at the time I can tell you that like my little mushy brain was like, huh? Um, he was trying to explain to me the concept of positions and playing one, which I suppose nobody else had a chat like that with their child because we were all doing the same thing, okay? Um, so he sort of puts me back out on the field, tells me, hey, you're supposed to stay like, you know, like over here and kind of gestures and whatever. So whistle blows, game resumes and Again, cluster of kids goes goes running. Um, but little Christine is now standing in place like a statue because I was told I should stay right around here. <laughs> and he starts screaming, you know, like, go, go, go. And now I'm so confused. Four-year-old me is like, but you just told me not to go. Go, don't go. So mm. instead of doing either, I then proceeded to just stand there and cry. Um, which is, I was like, wow, this should have been a far more traumatic experience yeah. for me. But um, every week I kept showing up and then it just became like, oh, this is what we do. And it probably also maybe has something to do with the fact that there was like a snack truck that was parked at the fields because, so I grew up in New York, um, my younger years, and they used to park what looked like an ice cream truck, but it was just like all candy and like concessions and whatever. But my dad had such a sweet tooth which I definitely inherited. And he used to take me we'll after the game too. and he would say, okay, like, you know, after your game, we'll go to the truck and like, you can pick a candy. Um, and so that was every single week. So I don't know if now, like I am now a fully formed adult, arguably that like has a sweet tooth and loves soccer or like has linked the two intrinsically in my brain and it will never <laughs> ever part. Right. So I'm going to be like 103, like, yeah, I'm still a midfielder. Um, <laughs> give me my sour patch kids. Like, I don't know. But um, so that was sort of, um, I guess the birth of, of my first true love. <laughs> nice. It's a beautiful uh, story. Yeah. I, I definitely understand the connection between like, 
daughter and father. I have three, three girls myself. Um, and with my youngest, like our connection is video games right now. So playing video games, playing Donkey Kong together, stuff like that. So I definitely understand that it's, it's a beautiful thing. You start to identify thing. little interests and bits yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that especially, um, given that like sort of Italian American, like bravado, machismo kind of, um, my dad definitely fits the bill. And so I think that for he and I, um, sports was just another language that you know now we can communicate more effectively and sort of that kind of birthed some of my other love for other sports and teams and things like that and um it's funny because i have a younger brother and he and i will maybe not communicate so effectively it's kind of spotty but <laughs> rest assured um if it's something sports related you just get like a text straight through about whatever it is that you're talking not a like hey how you doing it's like did you see that free kick? Because now as an adult, he's finally watching soccer, which I tried my whole life aggressively to get him to watch. And he, no, right. So we had American football. Now we actually have soccer. Um, he gravitated toward La Liga. So now it's sort of like, oh, I guess, I, I mean, I my primary interests were always Syria, ETL, MLS. And now I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I guess uh, anybody except for the Real Madrid. <laughs> oh, we're... No, yeah, no, sorry. No, 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 no. He, oh, okay. he chose that team, and so I'm I'm extremely Barca, although I'm very very upset with their treatment of of my goat Messi. So, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, which Serie A team do you support? And why? Uh, Juve. So I chose Juve as a child, pretty young. Um, and I couldn't even tell you why. I think it was just a Jersey thing. Like I was like, hey, like I like the way the they look. I want to do this. Yeah. Uh, that's my team, which coincidentally is the exact opposite of like, so my family is from Palamonte, um, Campania Salerno. So not far from Napoli. So Ooh. like you should be somewhere. And I'm yeah. like, oh no, Torino, like let's do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I guess that was my first act of defiance. They should have known that I was going to be a pretty... Uh, big handful as a child no that's great no it's, it's really cool to hear about your soccer stories and uh, specifically the fundraising because i think with soccer um i think someone said it like Drogba. it's like soccer is the only thing that could stop a war um you have so many different communities that are coming together um especially in new york you know the five boroughs all these different ethnicities um so i just think it's great how soccer just brings people together and with what you do you know organizing pickup you know, you know, using your voice and your platform to spread awareness um, is a testament to what you're doing and just the beauty of soccer as a global sport. And I feel like it's only going to continue to grow in the States. And um, it's, it's really cool to see. I think, no, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that, um, and I've said it many times in my life and I will continue to preach it, but I think that soccer, just as a common denominator, um with anyone on an individual level like if you've got that you definitely absolutely share other um principles and fundamentals and just general yeah. ethics so um go us right <laughs> yeah <laughs> facts facts um so the sweets thing i know uh l's a sweets guy too um apparently you yes. got the quarantine kitchen picks <laughs> so break what's break the break that down what's your favorite meal uh favorite thing to bake um so i think that yeah i definitely am more of a baker than 
uh, cook, right? Like I absolutely do enjoy cooking. I like cooking for people specifically. I don't like cooking for myself. I will continually eat the same thing over and over again. <laughs> um, pretty predictable, but I do enjoy cooking for other people. Baking, however, I love. Um, I love doing desserts and things like that. I think I've gravitated more toward cookies um, as my purview <laughs> of expertise, um, mostly because the people around me all love cookies the most. Um, and I'm a cookie fan. So I just, every once in a while, I just start banging out random stuff. Like I've done um, sort of these um, like Teddy Graham uh, sort of s'mores cookies um, and done some other experiments. But like my go-tos are generally like um, sea salt, caramel chip, or just wow. classic OG chocolate chips. They got to be the chewy ones though. You can't have oh, like the, the crispy joints. Um but uh, yeah, I think those are my go-tos. Otherwise, like I every once in a while dabble in like pie making and whatever. We all get that false spirit. I'm not gonna yeah. hit like the pumpkin pumpkin spice latte trail, <laughs> but like I will make like an apple pie, um, and then maybe like hide the pumpkin that I bought in the background. <laughs> Respect. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm a sweet guy, but not really. So. Um, no. What's what's your yeah. what's your vice? Uh, Vanilla ice cream, like ice cream with pumpkin pie or uh, oatmeal raisin cookies. I know that's boring. Uh, Ooh, but oatmeal raisin cookies. So do you make them or you just eat them? Oh, uh, no, I'm not a baker. I, I like to cook. I'm not a baker, though. Yeah, I need to learn. But, <laughs> okay, yeah. so I guess are you oatmeal? You're oatmeal raisin specific, right? Like there's raisins yeah. in your oatmeal cookies. Okay. Yeah. So the one thing that I will say, if you ever get ambitious to make your own oatmeal raisin cookies, okay. the secret is to boil hot water and okay. right before you throw the raisins into your cookies toss them in the boiling water for like 30 seconds okay and then pull them out and they will be perfect because they won't be that hard crunchy chewy raisin. oh okay yep. I'm gonna have that's, to... it's my baking tip for you all right <laughs> that's good you guys heard it here first yeah, small chops bacon edition coming soon. Yeah. I'm already got it written down. L. Respect. I'm Obie, I expect you to make these cookies now. I just oh, want you to know that, like, L the threshold. I already got the content ready. <laughs> That's my like marquee like cooking stuff. Make so. me, make me proud. Okay, respect. Um, I hate to jump around real quick, but you mentioned something about your family being big in American football, and I see that you're a Niners fan, and me being from San Francisco, definitely a Niners fan as well. So how did you become a Niners fan being, um, growing up on the East Coast? Okay, so my dad. My dad is okay. probably one of the most rabid 49ers fans around ever. Like predating like the whole like Cowboys, 49ers, Dynasty, oh my God. Like mm -hmm. those fans are insane, okay? But so I was basically raised that way. My father had an entire 49ers room. Like back before that was a thing, right? Like man cave wasn't even in the lexicon yet. And he was like, yeah, we're going to make this whole room 49ers. Um, absolutely. Like joke when I say like, all right, if I ever needed somebody to adopt me to get a new dad, it's going to be Joe Montana. Um, because like, I just, I just, I grew up idolizing him. So uh, it's kind of funny because years back when we had the Super Bowl um, in New York slash New Jersey, um, I went to the uh, the beach flag football game that they did as part of the promotion for that week. So a friend had given me a wristband and was like, yeah, go, like, by all means. And he was coaching the one team. And so I had said to my brother, 
um, give me, give me the Jersey. And he was like, there's no way. And when I say this, I mean it a thousand percent. I have had the most random things happen to me in my life that are so far flung that you're like, that wouldn't happen. It's happened. And it always happens to me. So one thing I can never be accused of is having a boring life. It's always uh, exciting. You kind of always have to tuck and roll with it. So you can't really hang out with me for too long unless you're a little bit nimble, right? Like it's very be like water around here. Okay. (laughs) So he gives me the Jersey does not believe me for a second. When I say I'm getting him to autograph it. He's like, how are you going to do that? Like you're in the stands. There's no possible way it's happening. I show up with the Jersey, have it in my hand, have my Sharpie. um, And they just start sort of corralling people and funneling people into the state, the, bleachers that they're sticking people in and they're in risers so it's not like you're right on the field level and security guy says to me hang on a second and i'm like oh what like what did i do like good grief like what's happening right now and i'm with two other friends and they're sort of like wait what's what's happening i'm like i don't i don't know man like the security guard said stand to the side he they're gonna take us in so they end up bringing us in they brought us into a different section in the front row And I'm like, oh, and right away I see him. I see him and I see his um, his manager and his manager makes eye contact with me and I'm just holding the jersey and points at me in the stands and just kind of says like this at me. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah me, yeah, me. Like, and he holds up his finger one minute and I'm standing there like, is this really happening? And like, I don't get starstruck. I really don't like it would take a lot and I didn't really expect to get tongue tied in this case either. But when I say Joe Montana walked up and was like, hi, how are you? Do you want me to sign that? I just was like, uh, 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 <laughs> like handed him the stuff and probably squeaked at the man and he signs it. And I'm just, thank you. And then I stood there in disbelief that it actually happened. And I couldn't possibly text fast enough to my brother to say, I did it. I got it. I got it. And like sent him the picture. And my brother is just like the head blowing up emoji, um, not believing me. And I'm sending him a picture of it. And he's like, how does this happen to you all the time? I don't understand. Like, this doesn't happen to me. You always say like, I'm going to do this. And this happens. I'm like, I, I couldn't tell you, but we have that sucker framed. And that is, um, I told him, I'm like, this is a shared thing. Like, I know it's hanging yeah. in your house, but it's like, it's mine. It's partially mine. Um, yeah, you got the juice, for real. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's safe to say Joe Montana is your favorite 49er of all time. He is. Although, if I had to pick from current squad that we're, yeah. we need, we need all this. We need fields of sage burned at this point. Everyone is injured. Um, yeah. But I love Kittle. Kittle is just like, he's an amazing player. And I just am so excited to see what he can do fully healthy with also, I don't know, healthy teammates. Um, But he's such a a difference maker. And I think you, I don't know, like football teams are so big, right? Special teams and and otherwise, like it's very hard, I feel like to say like, oh, this one person is so special. They make such a difference when they step on field, but he's one of them. Yeah, yeah he's probably like a top three wide receiver. Uh, sorry, tight end right now. Yeah, he. I would, I would say. <sighs> Maybe yeah, next season. Favorite. Maybe next season will be good. <laughs> yeah, my all time favorite is a uh, T.O. That 98 playoff game uh, uh, against Green uh, Bay. Yeah. Can't beat that. Defining moment. <laughs> mm. Over Jerry Jones, like, like, I'm oh, sorry, not Jerry Jones, Jerry Rice. 
Jerry Rice. Well, it was Jerry Rice when I was younger, but okay. T.O. was like during my formative years, high school yeah. years, like middle school years, T.O. Yeah, I think okay. that for me, it was always like the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. Like, so they're like upper echelon elite. Oh. Like, I will fight you for them. We'll, yeah. We may never meet, but. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All right, so switching gears a little bit, we know, of course, you work in marketing, you're a marketing professional. So we want to kind of leverage some of that and play a little game with you, right? All right, hit me. <laughs> All right, so we know that um, lower league soccer is very, very popular right now. Um, NISA, big league, looking to shake things up, a lot of independent teams. So we're starting to see that, that independent team movement kind of bubble up again. Um, USL as well, they're trying to make moves, they're trying to trying to press MLS. Um, so we want to kind of get your lower league marketing plan. What what would you do if you were the head of marketing for these leagues to raise their profile in this country? Uh, um, so, I mean, that's something that I would normally charge someone for, but high level, <laughs> um, like, call me. Um, no, high level, um, I think that just a general understanding of what lower dev soccer means in the US. Um, is absolutely of most utmost importance in this situation because we don't work within a pro rel system, right? So you have um, one always had like an accessibility issue, right? No matter what lower division league. Um, and because of that, it creates a very unique fan relationship because they're some of the most loyal um and outspoken fans that we have in the country. They will follow their teams everywhere and into and out of the depths of hell. Um, they will drive anywhere they have to go. Um, I think that that's something that's very, very unique because it's not something that you can just pick up and run with, right? Like you're not gonna see it on TV unless you specifically and very ardently seek it out. So I think that that's something that is very special to those leagues but it also makes any sort of marketing campaign even more um, at the grassroots level so important that it needs to speak the same language, it needs to understand its target audience, it needs to be very authentic because quite frankly, anyone within those fan bases will absolutely call you on your bullshit. Um, and I think that that's something that's actually beautiful right because if you're going to do something um to try to bolster any of the leagues and and granted like everything has its challenges right because um the the main competitor for any of this within the u.s is going to be mls right so yep. and obviously we know lawsuits etc and various things that have happened but um i think that and this is going to be sort of interesting now that we have this pandemic is that for marketing to work within any of those systems, they largely have to be experiential. And that would into it that like you need to be able to, you know, reach out and touch these people. Um, so things are going to be pivoting to, to virtual, I think. Um, and all of the campaigns will follow. But um, I think that it needs to be a better sort of link up between any sponsorships that are occurring um, and any that can be sort of birthed from and during this time period, even if it's something cheeky, right? Um, that, because it's, it's always gonna be sort of this two-pronged thing where it's gonna be an awareness campaign for people that maybe 
are don't know that sort of you know USL, MISA, and PSL exist. Um, and you always want to grab the new fans, right? But okay. I think that the relationship building aspect is really important, right? Because these people are going to continue to give you their time, their energy, and their money um, to try to come see you play, and and you know they want to wear your jersey, and they. But I think that the focus needs to be on, hey, like what's being done and what can also sort what what hasn't been the thing that's been hit upon. Because I think that when you are sort of an outlier, which those leagues are, right? Like because you kind of have, oh, some people don't even know that some of these teams individually exist outside of the league, right? So I think that leaning into it is, is like something. So like when I think of teams that have done really well and excelled in doing like silly stuff that that's very on brand or whatever. Like I think Las Vegas lights, right? Like <laughs> you can't be right. Like, but the thing is like, instead of fighting that sort of, um, I don't want to say stereotype because, no. you know, obviously within stereotypes there are, there are loose truths, but like, why not lean into that? Right. Like mm-hmm. let it be this like wild carnival where you have like, you know, like, the llamas or alpacas or you know but like why why not right like how how do you better identify with your immediate public and the people within your own communities than just being what you are right like unapologetically going for it um but it also garners attention from people outside of that specific sphere right like how many of us that weren't watching las vegas lights or otherwise were suddenly like huh i like i want to watch that just because i want to see what what comes out of that right like so sometimes you need to throw things into the mix like that and that's sort of what i mean about being um authentic and playing to your existing fan base and things like that right there's nothing wrong with the silliness of it right like um i think that even like within an mls um aspect like too often the things that we criticize now are things that were sort of formulaic from existing leagues when it was formed that are just legacy when in fact like you know no lean into that like let Mm -hmm. it be like sort of our screwy wild soccer that we have in the u.s um and you know in the meantime bring in you know younger fans that you can sort of indoctrinate and say like hey like here's us and you know and obviously we understand that like sometimes fans are boring right so sometimes you're reaching for the the older audiences who may have just had children and whatever but like um there are so many aspects of life within sort of any soccer bubble that can sort of be um i don't want to say exploited because i feel like it's the wrong word but positively exploited um to sort of make that culture more rich too um and it becomes sort of a mutually beneficial thing um but i think that all in for for marketing purposes it, it my main messaging would be you know try not to be struggling so hard to be something that you're not you know like people aren't coming to you because they think that you're suddenly going to burst out and be like usl is going to pivot and turn into premier league um that's that's not what you're going for right like so be what you are but by all means carve out your own identity as a team um but bolster it on authenticity and your existing fan base and find out what they love right because if you're getting through to them and they're sticking by you then that thing is going to resonate with other people so what teams do you think are doing a good job at that a good job at marketing themselves and kind of building their own brand Oh, I feel like I know where this is going. 
I'm like, Uh-oh. which ones are doing good or which ones are doing bad? Um, I think. Um, I won't ask who sucks. I'll just, I just want to, I'll just see who's you doing ask well. Who's, who's do, yeah. That's very kind of you. I think, <laughs> I, no, I think that I'd have to stick with like Las Vegas Lights. I think um, for any of like the lower division teams have done an exemplary job of, of being them and doing what it is that they do. Um, I also think, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank now, which is really, really, um, oh, San Diego Loyal. I think, um, especially what I'll say from a very precarious time that we live in, um, just sort of making their actions match their actual messaging. And I am remiss to say that a little bit because um, it's unfortunate that the incident that occurred had occurred but it was a very sort of put your money where your mouth is moment for this sort of burgeoning team. Of mm-hmm. Like, yes, like we, we really do stand for our community, our players, um, for equality, for diversity. Um, and I think that uh, as a sort of byproduct of that incident, I think that it brought about some really rich conversations and also just I don't know, I, my respect um, sort of swelled for, for the organization itself. And I think that we're going to start seeing, and, and this is without a doubt, um, 2020 has definitely been the year of sort of like the activist brand. Um, mm. But again, I think that sometimes it's lost because you can sort of see the underpinnings of it aren't exactly authentic, right? You're mm. kind of just yeah. jumping on a trend, whereas, this felt extremely, I mean, it was wholesome for sure. Like you're like, oh, this is terrible. But like at the same time, um, people are always going to rally around um, a team that seems to rally for them, right? And, and if that doesn't further entrench you in your community, I don't know what would. So it's been a very fortuitous and I'm going to say accidental um, positive PR campaign for them. But um all in, like, I think that those would be the, the two in, in the front of my mind that I'm just sort of like, yeah, they're doing the right things. Okay. Yeah, another one that comes to mind is uh, Ford Madison with their, their yes. wild kits. Yes. So definitely, they've definitely been so, able to draw people in with their kits. Forward Madison, from a sartorial perspective, they're outstanding. I, I personally don't own any of their kits, though I should. Um, <laughs> I think that they make these sort of like really bold decisions, but they're all the right ones. And mm-hmm. um, just like team management um, and attitude wise, I feel like they are sort of this like beam of positivity. And I especially appreciate that. Um, but yeah, they haven't missed yet in a single jersey that they've released. Um, always really fun. Always. Yeah, I, I think that in the grand spectrum, if I'm like, oh, yeah, like, who's who's sort of really positive? And um, I would definitely put them as a leader, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure, in the same vein. Um, lots of respect for them. I think what's so great about it is that we mentioned, you got you mentioned three different teams, and they're doing it three different ways, you know? So um, when it comes to teams and branding, you know, I think a lot of people get a lot of flack, like, oh, we've seen that before, we've seen that before, but if you're authentic in your own self, um, 
whatever way you got, try, try to do it and embrace that, um, people will gravitate towards that. And I'm kind of disappointed, both of you guys, you guys both have Bay Area ties, but you guys didn't shout out Oakland Roots, but it's all good. Oh, um, and it's, yeah, actually that's, um, I'll just give myself a red card for that. Um, <laughs> that's actually like a huge, a huge one. Oakland Roots really do a lot of great things and shame on me. My apologies, guys. Um, yeah, they really do a, a lot, a lot, a lot of great things. Um, it's just really hard sometimes to make my brain work in the right ways. <laughs> I'm like, who's, whose name what? Like, I'm going to forget my own dog's name in the middle of this just because it's been that kind of a week. But um, yeah, Oakland Roots are actually pretty admirable too. Um, but no, you're right. Like it, it all kind of feeds back into what I was saying. It's like, whatever the thing that you identify yourself as, as a team, like double down on that. Like, exactly. and they all do it and they do it so, so well. Um, and I think that if you have a really solid sense of identity as a team, not just a brand, right? Because everything's going to sort of meld together. Um, I've never seen anyone go wrong doing that. Um, I think that when you think too hard about, um, you know, brands drop things and it's all like, we're, we're going to rebrand, we're going to do this new logo or whatever it is. And it comes with an entire like 30 page explainer. Um, if you had to tell me that you have that many stripes for this reason and this, like what, like sometimes it just gets so convoluted. It's exhausting. It's, it's you know, just be whatever the thing is that you are. And I think that that's sort of the hazard when you hire um, some of these larger agencies that aren't sports specific, but we have seen that misstep with agencies that are sports specific. I think that it just ends up being this sort of, perfect storm in all the wrong ways with uh, front offices sometimes hiring these large agencies that have, yeah, sure, they've probably done beautiful work elsewhere, but um, just the two of them together, it's like, oh, the front office is like, I want this thing. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'll give you this thing. And and there's only so much that you can really flog the graphic designer, right? Like, it happens. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned logo. That's a perfect segue for our next topic. (laughs) Um, we're going to be checking out the new Queensboro FC logo. So recently Queensboro FC USL championship David Villa's team, um, recently released their logo or their crest to mixed reactions. Um, so we're going to use our rating system here. Our rating system is fire, mid or trash. Um, and we're going to kind of give our thoughts on what this logo is. We're also going to look at some of the, lo- some of the options that they didn't choose. So, uh, let's jump in here real quick um so the top one is the logo that they revealed recently um and then the bottom three are logos that they kind of passed on so first i want to get your you guys' reaction to their the logo that they're going to be using the crest that they're going to be using um go ahead christine you can go first you want me to go first you're the the new york native are you sure (laughs) um I appreciate the tip of the hat to sort of the uh, crown aspect of it that is clearly a a bridge, Um, but all in, I I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, 
for myriad reasons, probably all that have already been covered on the internet. And I say this, and I apologize because I did not look at uh, the agency responsible for this or the specific designer. So if I follow you or you follow me, I'm so sorry, but this is my off the cuff and totally brutally honest take. Um, I do agree with the whole like QAnon parallels that everyone drew, um, which is a little bit horrifying because I feel like everyone is very online. And so that's kind of something that would be difficult to miss, um, especially now, like current sports climate, everyone's extremely online because in lieu of actually being like in real life fans, um, we're all just kind of bantering and memeing and et cetera online. So uh, the massive queue in that format kind of um, I take issue with it a bit. Um, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like you can say like, oh yeah, but it's Queensboro FC, um, all in really plain badge, which there are really simple badges that can be done that are beautiful yeah. and, and otherwise okay. But I just feel like they kind of, they flopped on this one pretty hard. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, on the queue, I just, it, it irks me so much because I feel like, um, I don't know how somebody missed that, <laughs> the similarities, like how did you, especially given the, the year slash last four years that we've had and sort of social issues and otherwise, um, it's kind of been like, I feel like thrown in most people's faces. Um, it, it's not gonna be like the thing where like, oh, let's reclaim this massive queue and make it ours. It's kind of like everyone printing whatever verbiage they want on a red hat and trying to like riff on the stupid, you know what hats I'm talking about because they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're intrinsically linked, right? Like they're one and the same at this point. Yeah. Um, at some point, a thing, the, the semiotics of it, right? The, the symbol, the sign and otherwise it means something whether or not you want it to or not. So uh, that's like my first and foremost issue with this crest other than it just is very blah. Like there's a lot of, Queens is so vibrant that it looks like somebody that has never set foot in Queens did it. Oh, that's a good it's probably point. true. Yeah. Mobility uh, segment. Yeah. I, especially like with New York and like the five boroughs, it's really, you know, like uh, I feel like you could do more like New York, Queens has so much culture, so much history. This is just, this is like like a club team getting together. You need a quick logo, and you fiber. Do, yeah, uh, <laughs> damn, call yeah. it call it fiber out. Yeah, but yeah, like I feel like you could just do so much more with what Queens means to so many people in that in that community. So right, like just just soccer in Queens in general, right? Yeah. Like you have like Queens Oval, and so many tournaments and things like that have just like taken place, or um, sorry, Met Oval, um, and. Like it's brought together all of the boroughs at some point. And just to like, there's not even a nod to that, right? Like you could have done so many, so many things. And like, yes, like you're called Queensboro FC, but like Queens is more than just like this, I don't know, yeah. linear suggestion of a bridge. Um, I don't know. I feel like they missed the mark there. Yeah. So, okay. so let's talk about some of the options that they passed on. Me personally, I'm kind of drawn to the option three, the purple one right there. I think mm -hmm. it's a, a pretty cool and unique looking logo. Um, it it 
plays into the kind of world fair history that Queens has. Um, so I feel like they kind of missed the mark on that. I, I don't know who was pushing the buttons back there, but but even all three of these look better to me than the one that they went with. So what I'd say is bottom left looks like a tech company. Middle one, I'm just looking to where I should click to book my flight. And <laughs> the bottom right is probably the least offensive, but I think that Again, there's so much that they could have worked with that I'm all in just disappointed. And not just because they totally didn't send me anything. <laughs> I guess Matt Wolf was booked. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not going with anything. So this is like we gotta rescrap we gotta scrap this and go. like tell me that like at least that bottom middle one doesn't have big price line energy. Definitely. Or orbits, yeah. something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, especially with the colors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I always love to see a, a nice, unique crest when it comes to, like, you know, a soccer team. Like, we, we, we're used to seeing the, the typical shields or circles or whatever. Like, I like I like a unique crest. Like, New yeah. Amsterdam has a nice crest to me. They no. really, really do. They did a good job. Also, like, can we start to gravitate a little bit away from throwing FC on everything? Like, it's American soccer. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it just, it's still, to me, I'm like, I get it, but, like, what audience are you catering to? Like, yeah. we like a, to joke around, yeah. right? Like, when, I mean, I have so many international friends, and I refuse to concede on this point that I'm like, yeah, I'm always going to call it soccer, because to me, it's soccer. Um, yeah. But I feel like we have a legitimate identity problem that we keep tacking that on to, um, soccer clubs and I get it like there's the David Villa connection but like boys you're in Queens yeah. like why not make it what it is no I think that yeah that's a, like an ongoing problem because we want to prove to the rest of the world like we're but then we want to stay separate at the same time so right it's just it's kind of comical because like yes okay fine forge new frontiers right like everybody's going to do this at some point as a brand you have Premier League in America and you have uh Bundesliga had turned their eyes to the U.S. Um, so did Serie A um, to varying degrees and varying levels of success, in my opinion. Um, but I think that it's kind of funny to watch um, world soccer trip up a bit because they're trying to lure in an American audience, right? Mm -hmm. So, And I feel like some of that has kind of bled through in some of the absolutely atro atrocious kits that we're seeing um, that are getting pushed out, like specifically, like I will say, like it has been clear that Juventus has been sort of feeling out an American audience for a while. And from that, all of a sudden, all of the kits started to just get really, really bad. Mm. Um, like I wish that we would go back to like some of the OG Kappa, like those were some of the beautiful Juve kits um, and stop tinkering around with, you know, like smeared stripes and Oh, like, so you like and, the classic OG Juventus black and white. Gimme. Give me. Give me. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I feel like they're all starting to do that and say I'm like, hey, like what's optically pleasing to these squirrely Americans that we kind of want to start giving us money. And they kind of are like, hey, like as much as you want to have people that know and successfully pick and choose like i feel like some of that has brought out some really interesting stuff that i'm just sort of like mm, we don't want that why would yeah. we want that <laughs> all they got to do is just sign more westerns and americans will follow 
Do we blame Yube in that case, or do we blame Adidas? Uh, I think it's a uh, it's a mutual blame. I think. I think uh, honestly, like effort. obviously, you're going yeah, you're going to choose of the selections that Adidas is coming up with. But I think that we've all criticized Adidas fairly um, in the last five years or so for some of the stuff that they've done, even in MLS, um, where you're just sort of like, oh, we're just throwing Hanes tees out there now. Yeah. Like there's no actual design aspect to it at all. Oh. Like um, granted, like not everything is going to be like the bruised banana. Right. But oh. like it doesn't have to be. Um, yeah. Um, but like at least make it visually interesting. Um, we don't want we don't want to be walking around like, oh, me personally, and, and this is kind of funny to say right after I just said that, but like, I love when they do like a black on black kit. Like those will always get me. Like I will just hand you my money. Um, I love when they do pink kits, especially. Um, but I think there's a lot to be done other than just like issuing a plain white kit with three stripes on it and high-fiving each other and considering, yeah. you know, done for the day. Yeah. So I want to kind of stay in that vein of, um, you know, soccer clubs and brand collaboration and stuff like that. Um, so as of recently, we'll jump into here. Barcelona and Tom Brown have launched a capsule collection um, to kind of raise money for the Barcelona Foundation or the Barca Foundation. So in 2018, the Barca American Foundation. Design. Yeah. They're going to use that money for their debt. Just want to let you guys know. <laughs> sorry, sorry for, sorry for cutting you off. I had to, I had to get that in there. Barca fashion bonds for sale. I had to get that off real quick. All right. So in 2018, American designer, the American designer inked the deal to become the official provider of FC Barcelona's off-field tailored and formal wear uniforms. So their suits that they wear, you know, on the road trips and stuff like that. So now Brown's extending that relationship uh, by creating a commercial collection in partnership with the team. So this collection is inspired by the club's footballing heritage and philosophy it features a stylish, sharp football kit of sorts that features a blazer, a pair of tailored shorts, cardigan, Oxford shirt, tie, scarf, socks, a knit hat, and a folio. So basically the whole schoolboy fit. Um, <laughs> it's so extremely like prep school, but I, I'm here for it. <laughs> so I want to get you guys impressions on this. Th these are the only pictures that are out. I tried to find some better pictures of everything else, but... This is the best I could find. Um, so I want to get you guys' impressions on this, on the collaboration. Also, I want to know what the best soccer fashion brand collab has been. Oh. Mm. Well, I'll go. Uh, personally, I like like the these like capsules and stuff. Um, specifically, mm -hmm. this Barca one. Can't really see too much, but the schoolboy, like when they like, ideally, I would love it to be like the NBA where you go allow the players to wear what they want, but from a soccer perspective, there's still something that's great about them, like coming in, you know, looking high class, dressing, dressing to impress. Um, so I, I'm cool with the collection. Yeah. Um, so far, um, to me, I'd say it seems pretty neat. Um, I think that um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's variations on this and we just haven't seen it yet. And they actually offer them full length pants. Um, although I am entertained wildly by this extremely like off the prep school look that they've got going. But um, yeah, I, I think that if they came up with enough. So when I was 
younger, I went to Catholic school. And so it was very much like uniforms, et cetera. Um, and I'm okay with the whole uniform concept, but I think that if they offer variations on this or some sort of way to mix it up so that they all don't look like they are carbon copies of each other. I like to see, obviously I love to see men in suits. I love when they're dressed up. And, but my big thing is I like to be able to see little sort of glimpses of their actual personality come through. Um, I think this is sort of where like, I don't know, like I would love to see uh, more originality and sort of like swag when they're, when they're traveling. Um, then, you know, if, if this is the reality of things and they're all going to be looking the same all the time, I think that can get really boring. But I think as, um, as sort of like a, an opening campaign, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I, I don't know that the team would be wearing this. I think this is a capsule collection that will be released to the general public. Mm -hmm. um, I so, feel like there has to be some yeah. sort of an integration, though, like at least yeah. once or twice. Like, you know that yeah. they have to be like, hey, like in this brand deal, we want to see Messi shuffle on out, which would be hysterical um, because he's so unassuming. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. And Tom Brown is actually his go to suit yeah, guy. So like, I can see that. <laughs> No, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so, all right. So let's. Yeah. Sorry, uh, the best one all time has to be AC Milan and uh, what was it uh, when they did the suit line with Dolce? Oh, that was. Yeah, nice. that was uh, that's probably top for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like in terms of fashion collaborations, absolutely positively can't go wrong with uh, PSG. Like, they are like yeah. the reigning champion like crowned um everything that they do is done so well even streetwear um it's always interesting yeah. um yeah i mean but again like how are you gonna how are you gonna do fashion and be paris and do it poorly like yeah, i think right. that you eventually have to like close up shop and pretend you don't exist like change your name and move to another country and like that's it you don't do fashion anymore yeah, your squad, Juve, had an interesting one with Palace recently, I think a couple years ago. They did, they did. Um, it didn't do much for me, honestly. I, I wish it had. I was just sort of like, oh, okay, like we got some like neon notes here and, and that's cool and all. But um, I, I think I'm waiting for like a really exciting collaboration for Juve. They haven't done it yet. We'll, we'll know when we get there. Who, who would you match them up with? That's a good question. I don't think I even have an answer right now. Like I, I'd want somebody that's like kind of more edgy, um, that's willing to take chances, but keep that sort of like classic understanding of like what Juve is and means. Um, I don't know. I this might have to be like a thing that I sleep on and just pop up with randomly. I'm like, hey, El, I got my, I got my answer. <laughs> yeah, drop it on Twitter. Add us on Twitter. We'll circle back on that one. All right, so let's jump into our one of our favorite parts of the show, um, a rapid fire game we call no card, yellow card, red card. So this is a quick fire game um, where we throw out some topics and our guests, as well as the Moby, give their honest opinions via ratings um, using the soccer, soccer penalty system. So no card obviously is I agree with it, I'm cool with it, you know, allow it. Um, yellow card is, eh, I can go either way. Um, and red card obviously is, I disagree. 
No, sucks. Thumbs down, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. And so um, when you give your rating, try to give like any, like a reason why you gave that just to kind of help everybody out. Okay. All right. So first one, no card, yellow card, red card. Word on the street is that Man United is eyeing Mauricio Pochettino to replace Ole. No I'll card. Let him over. No card. Sorry, okay. I just jumped in there. No, you're fine. No, no, no you're, good. you're good. I, I, I think that would be actually a positive move for them. Extremely. Um, I mean, Poch has been like sitting on the market, like waiting to get a job. Ole is doing a bang up one. Um, I think that he could bring. And this pains me to say because, like, I now have this association with him just spurs by default. It's burned in my brain. But um, I think that he could reinvigorate that team and a lot of the players that are there. Like, quite frankly, I just want to see Pogba be happy. So if we could get somebody in there that'll do that, um, more power to them. Yeah, no car. It should have been happened already. Um, Poch with the team that is, like, willing to spend money. Uh yeah, he would he would do work with that, and I know the players would probably be excited as well. Okay, even though he's he's not committed to winning trophies. No, he's committed. In the <laughs> it right. came out of his it came out of his mouth. He said, you know, we're not when worried about I'm not worried about trophies. Yeah, when you're in a when you're coaching a team that doesn't you know back you, you, you know, you tend to say some things that um, you know go against the grain. You know, he's he's an Argentinian. Uh, he's he's played at the highest level. He's coached at the highest level. He doesn't he doesn't really mean that. He's yeah, just Argentinian men are a little bit fiery. I, yeah. I get it. You kind of just shoot from the hip sometimes. <laughs> it's just in their it's in their DNA. <laughs> okay, all right, I let that slide. Okay, so no card, yellow card, red card. Real Salt Lake Sam Johnson, not to be not to be misconstrued with friend of the show Sam Johnson who plays for Utah Royals. Is suspended after an alleged shooting at his house during a house party. <laughs> a few things to unpack here, but yeah. uh, can you give multiple party. red cards? Can you just give all the red cards and then also wag your finger and just like, like, um, yeah, my that one just like makes my blood pressure jump. I, I just am like, yeah, but what what are you doing? What are you doing? I. Yeah, that has to be that red car. Like, there's so many factors at play. Um, yeah, red car. Okay, quick and easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so no car, yellow car, red car. It's the last one. Real Madrid is trying to make a move for both Erling Holland and Giovanni Reina. <laughs> What's the... I'm just going to say yellow card just for being totally out of pocket because I get that they are who they are, but are they kidding? Like, are they kidding themselves? Like, I don't think that either of, I don't think that um, Reina or, or Holland are going anywhere anytime soon. Like, I just, I, why? You th I mean, you can disagree. Uh, uh, I just think I'm giving them a yellow for being a little bit crazy. I just think that's a lot. Um, okay. Both. Uh, I would say, first and foremost, I would say who who reported it? Marsa? I think they're jumping the gun. I think uh, Madrid's putting him on like the target, not like they're gonna get him anytime soon, because nah, they're not ready yet. Uh, Holland, if you think two three years from now Benzema's gonna he's they need a Benzema re replacement. Uh, Reina, 
uh, it's good for Reyna. Um, but if you look at the squad now, as much as like there's certain clubs you just don't say no to. So if Madrid like comes calling, you got to go. You like force the move. Yeah. But that's not happening right now. They still they're getting Madrid's got to go for Mbappe. They got to go for Holland. They got to go for like a world superstar. And no disrespect to Reyna or Holland. That's they they're not that. No, they're not, they're not there they're, yet. Yeah, they're not they're there. Just yet. Not there yet. I mean, Holland, I would say, only incrementally more so than than Reina. But yeah. um, I, I also just think it would be strange to yeah. hypothetically pick them both up at the same time. Yeah. In the way Dortmund's playing the market these days, they're going to want two hundred apiece. Dortmund, <laughs> yeah. Dortmund's gonna is, is like Scrooge McDuck rich, just like backstroking in their money from all of their players that they've just yeah. it's it's insane. I'm like, hey, you guys wanna work with me? I know I'm old and useless, but like I just wanna just give me a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Alright, cool. That's so that's it for no card, yellow card, red card, but we're gonna keep it keep it rolling. Um and jump right into Premier League week five predictions. So I'm gonna call out a team. You just let me know whether you think they'll win or not, and we'll go from there. We I try to do the top six teams, so like the big six, but I also sprinkled in some of the teams that are actually top of the top of the table right now, um, just to kind of be be fair. So first up, we have Everton and Liverpool, Merseyside derby. Who you got? I'm going back. I mean, I don't think that Liverpool could possibly replicate what they did last game, so I'm going to go with Liverpool winning. Oh, yeah, that's true. Last game. Um, but off of International Week, I'm going Everton. They're flying high. Uh, it's going to be way uh, hard. It's going to be a hard fought game, though, but Everton. Okay. Then we what got Chelsea. Wait for Hamas, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then we got Chelsea, Southampton. I already know what the movie's going to say. Uh, don't even ask me. Go on, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm going Chelsea. I don't see how that could play out otherwise. Okay. Now we got Leicester City, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Only because Ooh. I love Emmy and they've been doing pretty good since he got there. Emmy, my guy. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, nah, you gotta go Leicester. Sorry. Yeah. The disrespect. <laughs> Okay, next up is Newcastle, Man United. I'm going Newcastle. Uh, I'm going Ty. That's going to be a good <laughs> Y'all are drawing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's draw 1-1. One, one. Late no, PK. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next up we have Man City, Arsenal. Arsenal. Oh, what y'all got? I'm saying Arsenal because I've already said that they're finishing in the top four or or we're better so oh i know pep pep is tired of arteta beating him but i, I i'm going i'm going man city yeah okay unfortunately yeah pep's not gonna lose to arteta again lines have been drawn although yeah. no i i think we're doing it i think yeah. that that's like the extra zip that like arteta is just like oh yeah like <laughs> gotta prove him wrong one more time and City's defense is so suspect right now. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like we got it. We got a shot. Our, and Arteta knows those guys back yeah. front to back. He knows the tactics. He knows how to play. That's true. He knows how to play Pep. So I feel like 
Yeah, I feel like we got to get into it. Okay. That's going to be a, a great game, though. All right. Um, so now we got Tottenham, West Ham. West Ham. Just because I'm not going to say the Tottenham's winning anything. <laughs> <laughs> Special one. He's finishing top four this year. Tottenham. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Hate to break it to the Arsenal people in this. In this. Mm-hmm. Bold move, being outnumbered and all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And last up, we got Leeds and Wolves. Uh, Leeds. I'm 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 a Bielsa convert, so yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to see him thrive. Like he's so entertaining. I'm willing to just like if it means anything, I too will crouch and watch that whole game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with trust. I think yeah. the Amazon Prime uh, docu series was like it for me. So that that's like my second team in the Premier League. Yeah. It's hard not to root for them, right? Like it's yeah. really yeah. compelling stuff. Um, you kind of have to be mostly dead inside if you're not like, yeah, leads. Like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, just the passion in that club from top to bottom. Like, watching the docuseries, you see like the, I don't know if he's like the general manager or whoever. Like, so every time they score, a dude is like on the verge of tears. Like, yeah. super <laughs> hype. So, yeah. like, it, it, it's infectious. It's hard not to not to root for them. So, for sure, definitely going leads. No respect. So that's our show for this week, Christine. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for coming on. Uh, this was a great, great. time. <laughs> uh, appreciate you making it work. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Um, I am pretty active on Twitter. You can reach me at, at ccupo, or I'm also on Instagram at misscupo, M-I-S-S-C-U-P-O. Uh, thank you. That's our show for this week. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at twocentsports.shop. As you can see, Elle's rocking one of the hats. It helps support the show as well. And tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or Elle to discuss. Every Friday, you guys know what it is, unbiased soccer opinions. Thank you once again, Christine. It was a pleasure to have you. Now I feel like I'm part of the the soccer circle now. I finally got to (laughs) uh, Christine. So uh, thank you once again. Thank you, guys. It was a good time. Peace. Peace.